0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Well, howdy there, partners. It's the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Now, why am I talking like this? Well, because there's a double standard out there in the music world, and Morgan Wallen has become its latest victim. Yes, country music superstar Morgan Wallen has now been yanked out of all cumulus media radio stations, because he used the N-word. Now, he didn't call nobody a N, He didn't say it in a derogatory manner. He was talking with his homies and he said, what's up my N or something to that effect. And what that did was cause a stir. Yes, some of the black rap artists got pissed that Morgan Wallen used the N word. And some of those black rap artists use the N word in their very songs that they play on the radio. It's a double standard y'all, just remember you might have white privilege, but you don't have privilege enough to use the N-word. That's reserved for the black people, the double-A 13% hyphenated American crowd who can get away with it in everyday speech. They can get away with it on television and on radio and on their albums. Morgan Wallen just dropped his new double album, Dangerous, with 30 tracks of wonderful country music But you ain't going to get to hear it. No siree, not if the AA 13% hyphenated American always offended race baiting racist crowd has their way. Morgan Wallen is not going to get to play no more music for y'all. And that's a shame because he's not allowed to say a word that the AA 13% hyphenated American minority gets to say anytime they want to because they have the privilege of doing so. Now, I'm not supporting Morgan Wallen's use of the N-word, but what's good for the goose should be good for the gander, no matter what color the feathers are on the goose or on the gander. Well, that's just my opinion, and that's the truth. And hey, y'all, howdy. Sometimes the truth hurts. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. It is Wednesday. It is February the 3rd. 2021 and this is the truth hurts program with your host steve z yeah i was talking about morgan wallen he was a very virtually unknown singer until he appeared on the voice a few years ago now he's no stranger to controversy in fact just a few short months ago after hitting it big on the country music charts and on the all genre billboard 200 charts For crossover hits, Wallen was seen partying and making out with some of his fans at a bar without wearing a magic COVID mask. That's right, the country music star was seen in a video that was posted on social media without a mask on. And apparently he kissed a young girl or six. And that prompted outrage from the paranoid left. Oh, my God, Morgan Wallen's going to become a super spreader event. He was kicked off of Saturday Night Live for that. But then all was forgiven as more and more people from the Democrat side, including gropey Joe Biden and his entire family, were seen without magic masks on their faces the very same day that gropey Joe Biden signed an executive order mandating that anyone on federal facilities must wear the magic Wuhan China novel coronavirus 2019 mask. But what's good for the goose, Joe Biden, is not good for the gander. Joe Biden faced virtually zero media coverage for his violation of his own executive order and that of the violation of his family of his executive order. telling you folks that double standard is alive and well and ain't a damn thing you can do about it not a thing nothing zip zero not a zilch because you might have white privilege boys and girls but you do not have their privilege according to a video Morgan Wallen's use of the N-word was captured, and I want to play that for you. Stand by a second. So to put into perspective what I just played for you, It's a grainy video taken from somebody's cell phone across the street from either a house, uh, an apartment, a condo, or something in which grainy figures emerge from a car most likely an Uber and three guys get out of the car one guy who appears to be Morgan Wallen is being escorted back to the front porch of this house by one of his buddies. And shouts, take care of this pussy ass mother effer. What? Take care of this pussy ass, N-word.
1: Pussy ass N word.
0: Of course, it's all bleeped out. Pussy ass n- I guess they don't want to offend anyone on the TMZ channel who got a hold of this video. But the bottom line is, the man was inebriated and he evidently said, take care of this pussy ass. N- they were obviously staggering, both of them. So they were probably inebriated, drunk, or what have you. And they just happened to be saying it as a term of endearment. He didn't say, hey you N-word, I'm gonna F you up, you piece of simian trash. He says, hey man, take care of this MF. Hey, take care of this N-word. Take care of my bro, take care of my homie, take care of my friend. Yes? They wanna shut him down because he plays country music. And I guess that associates somehow with Donald Trump because many of Donald Trump's supporters happen to like country music. They're going to ruin a man's career for using a word captured on a video on someone's cell phone, a private conversation between two people to tear down a man's music career. But yet they'll get on TV tomorrow and use the N-word over and over and over on their stupid rap songs. Yes, folks, the double standard is alive and well, and Morgan Wallen is its latest victim. Such a shame. Guy's pretty good, actually. And I'm not really even a country music fan, especially the new age of country that they have out right now. You know, have a country accent and rap to some semi-country type music with a -a 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 ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka-ticka in the background not really country now is it?
2: Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program.
0: I want to switch focus for just a moment away from the country music mess of Mr. Wallen and go to a real mess one that actually matters much much more than banning a guy because he blurted out the n-word to one of his buddies after coming home drunk. This next piece is extremely extremely important to each and every American. I want to preface this by saying this morning on a news channel out of New Orleans, the city council is complaining to the local utility company that provides electricity and natural gas to residents and businesses in the city of New Orleans. Entergy Louisiana, is a private company and it provides electricity and natural gas to every home and business in the city of New Orleans. And they've come under fire because suddenly, since Joe Biden has taken office, they've raised the cost of electricity and natural gas service for the residents of the city of New Orleans. Some of the increases involved charges for the seven tropical systems that moved through and damaged transmission lines and equipment during the 2020 year. Some of it has to do with the very recent increase in the cost of the oils and natural gases used to generate electricity for the residents of the City of New Orleans. Some of it has to do with the increased price of fuel that has suddenly emerged since Gropey Joe took office. Trey Gowdy did a piece on Fox News Channel yesterday, and he interviewed Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, who blasts Biden's orders that he says are immeasurably foolish and will gut Louisiana like a fish. Now take a listen to this. It's about two minutes long, but I think it's worth listening to, and it is emblematic of what is going on in the nation right now and what is yet to come under a gropey Joe energy program. Well, let me
1: say a word about President Biden's executive orders on oil and gas, Trey. They are immeasurably foolish. They're going to gut Louisiana like a fish. Uh, One third of my state's GDP is related to oil and gas. And our state is not alone. Uh, His war on oil and gas is going to hurt America. It's going to destroy our energy independence. Here's President Biden's new energy policy. We're not going to produce our own oil. Instead, we're going to buy oil from countries that hate us so they'll have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us. It's immeasurably foolish. Most Americans support an all-of-the-above energy policy. Oil, gas, wind, solar, nuclear, geothermal, uh, hydrogen. But they also understand that, that we can't run... The greatest economy in all of human history without oil and gas not now and not probably for a long time i don't know about you Trey, but my car doesn't run off fairy dust my car doesn't run off unicorn urine and and i think once again president biden has given in to the left-wing crazies uh who who uh, who say none of us except them care about the planet that's not true and who who when they break a shoelace, they blame it on climate change. You know, they've taken a specific, discrete scientific problem. Is our climate changing? How's it changing? What do we do about it? And they've turned it into a religion. And President Biden appears to be sucking it up like a Hoover Deluxe.
0: Like a Hoover Deluxe. He's actually not sucking it up. I don't think he understands. I don't think he has the mental capacity to fundamentally understand the things that are being slammed onto his desk and they instruct him, sign here, Mr. President, sign here. I think Gropy Joe gets a mental erection hearing himself called Mr. President. After all, he tried two times before, 20 something years ago and several teen years ago, to become the president. And he was thrown out of the Democrat primaries for plagiarizing the works of others. He has a history of lying. He has a history of making up stories. He has a history of being a racist. Remember, it was he who signed the 1994 crime bill that was solely responsible for putting more African American AA 13% minorities in jail than any other crime measure ever written and although that 1994 crime bill did result in getting lots of criminals and thugs and animals off the street suddenly it's a bad thing because now we're supposed to suddenly want to just let them all out let everybody out forgive everybody for their crimes except Donald Trump make sure he rots and never again gets to run for president. Now back to John Kennedy of Louisiana. Some very valid points, very coherently spoken into a camera, without a teleprompter, without cue cards, heartfelt, real pain of the state of Louisiana and much of Texas, New Mexico, and other states in which oil and gas drive their economies. Without oil and gas, cities like New Orleans will have absolutely nothing left. Hell, they've decimated the city anyway. Democrat mayors ran off all of the major oil and gas companies decades ago in favor of what they call culture and tourism. I don't recall anywhere in the AA 13% black African-American minority crowd having trumpets and trombones and uh, five-gallon Home Depot buckets to beat on as part of some so-called culture or heritage. But that's what the city has become. New Orleans is nothing more than a cheap tourist trap with an extremely high crime rate where every single night on the news they post pictures of 13% AA hyphenated Americans committing crimes like carjacking, burglary, assault and battery, robbery, and other crimes. But they don't dare mention the race, even though the photograph is quite clear who is committing the crimes. Their human interest stories? Oh, it's always a 13% AA hyphenated American minority blowing a horn, or banging on a Home Depot bucket, or or dancing in the streets. That's what New Orleans has been reduced to. A crime-ridden cesspool of minority criminals dancing, singing, and playing instruments poorly on the street corners. If you're going to spend your money and you want culture and you want tourism and you want true, unrevised American history. Go to Texas. Go check out the Alamo. Go to St. Louis and see the Arch. Go to Philadelphia while you still can. It's high crime though. Make sure you're well prepared. And check out true American history before it is completely rewritten. As for Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, he is spot-on, 100% accurate. Biden's energy proposals will cripple our nation's lifeblood. Sending all of those jobs back overseas to places like Iran, Iraq, and other Arab nations who really, truly would like to just see us infidels all dead. Every dollar we don't produce in energy here in the Gulf of Mexico, in Louisiana, in Texas, in Wyoming, and other places in our country, every dollar we don't spend here is about $3 we will spend in purchasing our oil overseas. Does Biden care? Hell no. You're paying for Air Force One's fuel. You're paying for Marine One's fuel. You're paying for the stagecoach's fuel. You're paying the light bill, the gas bill, the water bill in the White House. And Gropey Joe, with all of his corrupt millions of dollars from his foreign influence peddling with his son and his brother, Now well, they've put a nest egg away for Gropey Joe in his waning years to live quite comfortably and leave one hell of an inheritance to Hunter Biden and the rest of his family. Your energy independence means absolutely nothing to someone like Gropey Joe or Cameltoe, nothing whatsoever. The killing of 150 to 300,000 jobs with the stroke of a pen means nothing to the likes of Gropey Joe and Camel Toe. They just wanna push their religion, their fake pagan climate change religion on to you and they want you to foot the bill and trust me boys and girls you will. The price of a gallon of unleaded gasoline has risen almost 50 cents in most areas of the nation since inauguration day. Think about it. Do you have extra money? doesn't matter. They can't go anywhere anyway because they've still got half the nation shut down for the highly exaggerated, overreported, overhyped Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019. Better known as the Kung Flu, the Wuhan Flu, the China Virus, the Wuhan China Kung Flu, or any other name that you wish to attribute to this Not as deadly as they're claiming viral pandemic. Do I believe there is a virus? Absolutely. Do I believe the virus is more deadly than the common flu? Not so much. Remember, under Donald Trump, they were reporting every death of any person from any cause that had a Wuhan China novel coronavirus cell at the autopsy in their system as a COVID-19 death. Oh sure, they can claim 400,000 people died under Donald Trump's administration from Kung flu, but reality is that figure is more like 35,000, which is about a third of what dies in a bad normal influenza year. Now that Joe Biden's in charge, (laughs) and I use that term very loosely, They've changed the way they report those numbers. Now, the coronavirus has to be the cause of death, or they're going to report the death as anything but. And they're doing this to fudge the numbers, which is right out of the Democrat playbook. They want you to think that under Joe Biden, the virus is getting better. Less people are dying from COVID. And it's all thanks to Gropy Joe. But you and I are smarter than that. You and I can see the real facts and the real figures that were being played before us during the Trump administration. And how they've altered the parameters of counting under Biden. We're smarter than that. And anyone who professes to be that smart to understand what is actually happening... Well, you will be labeled a heretic. You will be labeled an insurgent. You will be labeled someone they need to keep an eye on. So as you watch your oil, your electricity, your natural gas bills go up and up and up, as you pass the convenience store and see the gallon of gasoline price rise each and every day and week for the foreseeable future, You can't blame that on Donald Trump because during the four years of the Trump presidency, the United States of America was energy independent and a net exporter of energy to the world. Under Joe Biden, we're all going to have to get on our knees and beg the OPEC members to not raise the prices too, too much as Joe Biden ships oil and natural gas And coal jobs overseas, not giving one single damn about you or me or our wallets. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Let's take a minute to talk again about the double standards in America. You remember last year, way, way back last year, when a thug criminal with a lengthy arrest record was committing a crime? A business was being victimized by that thug criminal, and that business called the cops. The cops came out, and they tried to arrest the criminal thug while he was high on fentanyl and other illegal drugs. Remember how that thug criminal refused to comply with lawful orders of a policeman? He resisted. He resisted some more, and then he resisted even more. Remember when that thug criminal died of a drug overdose while he was being arrested? And that a police officer was blamed for allegedly killing the thug criminal by putting a knee on his neck? The multiple autopsies that revealed the cop did not kill the thug criminal, but it was his own underlying health issues and the drug overdose that actually did him in? Remember that criminal, George Floyd? Hey, another trip down memory lane. Do you remember last year when another thug criminal had the cops called on him because he was allegedly abusing his hoe, his female companion, his side piece? When the cops came out, the man came out of the house and attacked the cops with a knife. And the cops shot the thug criminal. And the thug criminal was paralyzed due to his own animalistic stupidity? You remember when all those businesses sold I can't breathe shirts or hands up don't shoot shirts and hats and bandanas? You remember when all the businesses that sold all of this merchandise demanding police defunding, demonizing cops, supporting the thug animal criminals that got themselves hurt or killed by cops? because the cops were simply doing their jobs? Remember how the media always reported these wonderful small businesses, t-shirt shops and print shops, and how they were donating a portion of the proceeds for the legal defense fund of these thug animal criminals? Remember, those were called human interest stories and everybody just thought it was so sweet. You remember how big tech and big media forced all of those fundraisers and small businesses off the internet and shamed them into non-existence? You don't remember that? Of course you don't, because it didn't happen. Because big tech and big media always seems to side with the thugs, the criminals, the minorities. And big tech and big media always attempts to demonize the police, to go against the rule of law against the cops and, of course, anyone who supports the cops or the rule of law or our Constitution. Now, this is a fact. And to prove my point today, I read an article online, and it says a business said it has been banned by Shopify, an online retail selling site, from selling a T-shirt in support of Kyle Rittenhouse. Shopify has allegedly banned the selling of a T-shirt of the Kenosha double murder suspect, Kyle Rittenhouse, is how the article is written, the proceeds of which went towards the 18-year-old's defense fund. Seth Weathers is the founder and owner of BringAmmo.com. He said he received an email from Shopify, an e-commerce platform that allows individuals and small businesses to sell their products online. Shopify says the Free Kyle line has been removed from sale as of January 14th. Shopify told Mr. Weathers in an email that was reported to the Fox Business Channel, quote, We have recently been made aware that certain products on your shop, bringammo.myshopify.com, are in violation of Shopify's AUP, or Acceptable Use Policy. The below products have been removed and cannot be reposted. Shopify's AUP prohibits a number of items and services which prevent their mission to, quote, make commerce better for everyone. These include what they term hateful content, items that promote illegal activity, or the support and funding of terrorist organizations. I'm going to stop for just a moment. I'm going to have to check Shopify.com and see if there's any Antifa t-shirts or any BLM t-shirts or any NFAC t-shirts or merchandise out there. Because the double standard, of course, would be then proven once again. Kyle Rittenhouse was accused of killing two people and injuring another during a BM protest, I'm sorry, a BLM protest, same thing, in Kenosha back in August 2020. He was defending himself against an attack, three against one. Kyle Rittenhouse went to that protest with a first aid kit in a backpack to render aid to people being injured during the riot. He carried a weapon for self-defense. Rittenhouse's defense team said he was 17 at the time and acted in self-defense during the shooting. He traveled from his hometown in Antioch, Illinois, to protect the city of Kenosha from the rioters and to provide medical care to people injured in the unrest. Speaking to Fox Business, Weathers has accused Shopify of engaging in anti-conservative bias by removing those particular t-shirts from sale. Weathers says, quote, To me, it's a scary precedent. It just shows where everything's going with big tech. With a company pushing conservative products and can be anti-establishment at times, it's already a bit of a rough road. The $24.95 Free Kyle t-shirt showing Rittenhouse holding a rifle on the night of the Kenosha shooting had been available for months before it was suddenly removed by Shopify. Big Ammo, which describes itself as aggressively patriotic and pro-Second Amendment, was donating $5 of every sale to the Rittenhouse Defense Fund. Weathers notes that Shopify has not removed other items, including one that showed support for Mark and Patricia McCloskey, that married couple, in St. Louis, Missouri, who is also facing criminal charges for carrying guns on their own property at a bowel movement, ah, Black Lives Matter movement protest earlier in June 2020. Weathers said, we're assuming they're making the point that we can't sell anything related to m- raising money for Rittenhouse. Again, they did this without discussion. There's nothing in the terms of service that would be a violation. Unless they're making assumptions about Rittenhouse's guilt. Shopify needs to understand, by the way, that Rittenhouse is 100% innocent, unless proven guilty in a court of law. Rittenhouse's lawyers and Rittenhouse successfully got him freed on bail after raising $2 million in a fundraiser. Weathers added in a tweet, Many people have no idea how bad big tech censorship has become in the last month. It's only getting worse. And with Joe Biden in the White House, I think he's 100% correct. Shopify has been contacted for comment, but has failed thus far to issue a statement in this matter. Rittenhouse is due in court on March 10th to face charges... Two of intentional homicide and one attempted first-degree intentional homicide. Two counts of first-degree recklessly endangering safety. The kid was defending himself. He was in a situation, three people attacking him against him. One, three against one. And so he defended himself. And to the thugs that are dead who attacked him, you kind of deserved killing if you're going to attack a man, three against one, that certainly endangers one's life. I don't condone murder, but I do condone acts of self-defense, 100%. This is the Truth Hurts Program.
2: Steve Zee and the Truth Hurts Program.
0: I've said on this program many, many times that it is truly enjoyable to live in South Louisiana, for the most part. We do have a Democrat governor, but he's not so, so, so liberal. Because in a state that is highly conservative, John Tinkerbell Edwards would not last long if he tried to implement some of the radical, leftist, liberal, socialist agenda that the rest of the country is currently enduring, he may have, however, been emboldened by the election, to use the term loosely, of gropy Joe Biden. Yes, he was reelected by a very, very slim margin this last election cycle, which will make his final term in office. John Bell Edwards faces uphill battles in the state legislature because of the massive groundswell of conservatism in the Bayou State. But that wasn't my point for talking about South Louisiana. I wanted to talk about the four seasons in Louisiana. In all the rest of America, you have winter, spring, summer, and fall in Louisiana. We have crawfish season, oyster season, shrimp season, and crab season. For a lover of seafood, those are the only seasons you have to worry about. Oyster season really isn't a season. Any month that ends in an R, the old wives tale says is a month you can enjoy fresh Louisiana oysters on the half shell, either raw, or grilled, or steamed. Oyster season lends right into springtime when crawfish season kicks into gear. The boiled mud bugs, as they're called, the crawdads, the crawfish. In many states, they're used only as bait for fishing but in Louisiana. A rolling 100-quart pot of boiling water with zatarans, crawfish, crab, and shrimp boil. A little bit of salt. Three or four yellow onions. Four or five heads of garlic. A stalk of celery, chopped up just right. Some bell peppers and bay leaves. And, of course, some Louisiana hot sauce. Bring it to a rolling boil. Dump those live crawfish in there and listen to them scream. Just kidding. They don't scream. Peter would be going nuts if they screamed. Crawfish don't have vocal cords. They cannot scream. You let those... Crawfish come back to a rolling boil for about 10 minutes. Then you turn off the heat immediately and let them soak in that wonderful seasoning for about 20 minutes. Some people, like yours truly, will throw an artichoke in there. We'll throw in some sausage, some hot dogs. Always corn and potatoes. That's a necessity they soak up that wonderful zatarain's crab boil flavor. Ooh, I can taste it right now. Crawfish season generally begins in earnest right around Mardi Gras time. But of course with all the lockdowns imposed by the Democrat mayors and governors, Mardi Gras 2021 has all but been canceled. There will be absolutely zero Mardi Gras parades in the city of New Orleans or any of the surrounding communities. Not a single parade will roll for the first time since World War II. After crawfish season ends, usually right around the beginning of June as the weather warms up, it becomes shrimp season. You can see the trawl boats out in the Gulf of Mexico and in the big lakes for shrimp. We have brown shrimp and white shrimp. They are delicious wild caught Louisiana Gulf shrimp. And aside from boiling those shrimp in a low country boil or a Louisiana Cajun shrimp boil, you can only imagine the thousands of ways of preparing shrimp. Yummy. Following shrimp season, is blue crab season. Those blue claw pointy crabs boiled again in Zatarain's crab boil with all the fixins, is just one way of doing it. The sweet delectable crab meat is hard to beat and if you've ever been to Maryland and you've heard about the famous Maryland crabs, those Maryland crabs are only available for about two and a half months. I went to a place in Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C., and I noticed they had a giant sign outside that said, Maryland Crab, now served. When I walked around the back of this building, they had hundreds of crates stacked up. And those crates said, Wild Caught fresh seafood from St. Bernard Parish, Louisiana. I confronted the manager of that particular restaurant who said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They are from Louisiana but they're cooked like Maryland crabs so we can legally call them Maryland crabs. I was getting six, seven dozen crabs to a hamper for about $28 to $35 depending on Which seafood market I went to in Louisiana. That seafood restaurant in Maryland was charging $105 for one dozen crabs. $105 for 12 crabs, and they didn't even cook them properly. They threw them in a steamer and dumped Old Bay seasoning on the outside of the shells after they were cooked. Of course, None of the spices got into the crab meat, and you were left with very grimy hands from all of that seasoning on the steamed crabs. Don't get me wrong. They were good. They were delicious. It was a whole different taste. But they were calling Louisiana crabs, Maryland crabs, and that got a little bit under yours truly's thick skin. And crab season usually runs all the way into January which happens to also coincide with oyster season. Had some fresh Louisiana oysters on the half shell on Monday evening with my father-in-law. Great time there. We enjoyed a place called the Chookies in Hammond, Louisiana. $8.95 a dozen on the half shell same price eight ninety-five 95 a dozen on the half shell at the village inn restaurant in river ridge louisiana every wednesday and every saturday sorry i squeaked every wednesday and every saturday if you go to one of the more popular seafood restaurants in the city of new orleans or the surrounding areas they're charging as much as twenty dollars for a dozen oysters on the half shell i guess you're paying for their fame and their name but it's the same oysters from the same waters. A fried oyster po'boy sounds amazing. So does a fried shrimp po'boy, or a fried softshell shell crab po'boy. Or the hell with the bread, just get the fried seafood on a platter with some french fries and an ice-cold Barks root beer. That's B-A-R-Q apostrophe S for those not familiar with the Louisiana root beer tradition. And no, this is not a commercial. I'm not getting paid for any of this. I'm just rambling about my desire for a big seafood lunch. Legendary restaurant owner, Mrs. Shafisi, owner of Deany's Seafood in Bucktown, Louisiana. Bucktown is a little patch of land right on Lake Pontchartrain, between Metairie and the city of New Orleans. Famous for decades, if not a couple of centuries, for seafood restaurants. Bucktown and West End of Lake Pontchartrain in New Orleans were famous for seafood restaurants like Fitzgerald's and Dini's and O's. All of those places were devastated and decimated by Hurricane Katrina back in 2005. And although Bucktown has made a resurgence, at least on the Jefferson Parish end, West End in New Orleans is still a devastated area that has never recovered from Katrina. Guess there wasn't enough kickback money to the city officials. A couple of my friends have marina boathouses. You might call them condominiums over the water with a built-in boat structure below located right on West End in New Orleans. They said recent improvements due to FEMA grant funding are causing some improvements to begin in the area. One can only hope that one day, the resurgence of those wonderful seafood restaurant traditions can come back to an area that has left a nasty mark on the city of New Orleans. Four seasons, crawfish, crabs, shrimp, and oyster. And if you get down to South Louisiana and stay the hell out of the city of New Orleans proper, you can enjoy those delicacies with a reduced risk of being robbed, raped, mugged, carjacked, shot, stabbed, or any of the other multitude of crimes that permeate the city that care forgot Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program It's finally happening boys and girls as i predicted on this Truth Hurts program many many times the democrats are starting to turn on one another They're starting to eat each other alive. According to an article written by Joseph Simonson in the Washington Examiner today, the man who was hailed by Democrats and journalists alike as the country's shadow leader during the first months of the COVID 19 pandemic is finally facing scrutiny for a number of missteps that critics say cost thousands of lives. That's right, boys and girls. Andy Cuomo's daily addresses during the early days of the lockdown were considered comforting to some Americans who didn't like what Donald Trump had to say. His so-called leadership actually earned him a book deal and even an Emmy Award. One point, the idea was even floated that the race for the Democrat presidential office was lacking a viable candidate, and that Governor Cuomo might just fill that bill. Now that Trump is gone, the sheen of Cuomo has apparently worn off. His inflexibility, his micromanagement, and his costly decision-making is now finally being thrust to the forefront. With Trump gone and media outlets seeing their ratings plummeting, the media, remember, they make their living on bleeding and hurting and controversy. The media right now has really nothing to report. Let's face it. There's Joe Biden feebly walking out, sitting at a desk with a mask on, looking down with his mask on, reading a cue card or a teleprompter, Very rarely making eye contact, mumbling something nearly coherent in some instances, totally incoherent in others, signing yet another executive order, and then just going right on about his day. Nothing exciting for news people to report. So now, because they live and die by their ratings, they're turning on their own kind. They're turning on Cuomo, as they should I would love to see the media grow some balls and actually start investigating Hunter Biden, his illegal dealings, Gropy Joe's brother and his questionable dealings, and Gropey Joe himself for the influence peddling he practiced while vice president under Barack Hussein Obama. But Steve, you're wishing for stuff that can't possibly happen. Perhaps, but the tables are starting to turn Remember, Cuomo and his longtime feud with fellow Democrat Bill de Blasio, currently the mayor of New York City, is not enough to make national headlines. Cuomo, you might recall, sentenced tens of thousands of New Yorkers to their deaths when he ordered COVID positive patients into nursing homes which were housed by non-COVID-positive patients. And those elderly non-COVID-positive patients all developed COVID and died. And this clown, Cuomo, had the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to try and blame Donald Trump for his own stupidity. There's a vaccine fiasco going on in New York right now. Cuomo has no plan, he has no process, no procedure, no program for implementing vaccinations to the millions of New Yorkers who claim to want it. And now the media is finally seeing Cuomo for the piece of human filth he actually is. Cuomo's habit of deflecting blame repeats itself over and over and over every time he's asked about the damning report that was issued last month by New York's Attorney General Leticia James that claimed the state's health department had been undercounting nursing home deaths by about 50%. Yes, people always say, but Steve, we didn't think it was tens of thousands of nursing home people that died. We thought it was just a few thousand when you undercount the nursing home deaths by 50%. Well, now do you see where Stevie Z gets his numbers from? I thought so. Ms. James's report found, quote, preliminary data obtained by the Office of the Attorney General suggests that many nursing home residents died from COVID-19 in hospitals after being transferred from their nursing homes which is not reflected in the DOH-published total nursing home death data. In response, Coward Cuomo said, That's Coward Cuomo. Where this starts is frankly a political attack from the prior federal administration and the Health and Human Services and their great spokesman Michael Caputo, who was a protege of Roger Stone. What? Yes, Mr. Caputo blasted Cuomo for signing a March executive order that mandated nursing homes throughout the state to accept residents previously hospitalized for the Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus of 2019. Now, he did rescind that executive order back in May, but numerous public health experts blame Cuomo's order on ultimately killing thousands of elderly people and spreading the coronavirus throughout the state's most vulnerable populations. The Washington Examiner article says, although Cuomo has insisted he was following federal guidelines when it came to the nursing home debacle, Cuomo has displayed questionable judgment and vacillated between expressing outrage about insufficient assistance from the federal government to letting tens of millions of dollars in supplies And facilities go to waste. Cuomo oversaw the creation of a $52 million temporary hospital at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center that when it actually closed had only treated 79 patients. You realize that's almost a million dollars per patient? (laughs) Doctors working at that pop-up hospital, which was closed down in just over a month, were compensated as much as $732 an hour. You might also recall Cuomo begged for more and more aid and Trump simply responded by sending the United States Navy's hospital ship Comfort a 1,000-bed military hospital ship. And it got hardly any use, treating just 3% of the city's hospitalizations during its time in port. They converted the Javits Center in Brooklyn into a field hospital. That lasted a month. Another multi-million dollar project of Cuomo's that served little purpose. Just mere weeks after he warned New Yorkers that the state's ventilator shortage could lead to thousands of unnecessary deaths, Cuomo changed his tune and said he was relatively comfortable with its ventilator and PPE count. So much so that the state said it had a stockpile and began shipping surplus to the other states. I would imagine Cuomo probably had 50 or 60 cases of toilet paper in his basement just in case. And then when the toilet paper shortage eased, he had his people donate that toilet paper. He's a hoarder, folks. But he's not a hoarder with his own money. He's a hoarder with your tax dollars. You in New York. Now where Cuomo takes New York from here remains unclear. After nearly a year of his harsh lockdown practices, you know, those policies which bankrupted an uncountable number of businesses. Now Cuomo says the state simply can't stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We'll have nothing left to open. We must reopen the economy, but we must do it smartly and safely. <laughs> I screwed my state. Now I've got to try and make up for it. <laughs> Some people like, aware, aware, aware. Because it accurately reflects the whining, the crybaby nature of people like Cuomo. From the beginning of March of last year through November of last year, over 300,000 people in New York have left the city, citing poor economic conditions and rising crime. Cuomo said in August... I literally talk to people all day long who are now in their Hamptons house who also lived here, or at their Hudson Valley house, or at their Connecticut weekend house, and I say, you gotta come back, we'll go to dinner, I'll buy you a drink, come over, I'll cook. So you know he's talking to his wealthy Democrat benefactors, because he can't be talking to Julio on the street, or Hector on the road, or Guasdam on the streets or La Chica in the subway, because those people don't have a house in the Hamptons, or a Hudson Valley home, or a Connecticut weekend house. Cuomo is talking to his wealthy, white-privileged friends, his high-paying Democrat supporters, and saying, Come on back to New York. We'll go to dinner. I'll buy you a drink. Come over, I'll cook for you. He said that back in August. I wonder how many of the 330,000 people in New York City who left because of rising crime and poor economic conditions would be welcome at Cuomo's table. Steve
2: Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Hey
3: there, Bob. How's all that white privilege treating you?
2: That's so good, Mike. How's your white privilege treating you?
3: Well, my white privilege allowed me to work ever since I was a young boy in high school. Start out baling hay for a local farmer, worked down at the ag supply store. Finally, after finishing high school, I learned to trade the trade of welding. I worked as a welder and a pipe fitter, and sometimes I was working 80 hours a week in the sun and the rain and the cold winters, busting my butt. I've worked offshore, onshore. I've worked on pipelines and big ships and bridges and tanks and everything. I've worked my butt off, man. I finally got up enough money to buy a new house and a decent pickup truck, and now my white privilege has gotten me laid off because some liberal puke decided my job is not essential. They canceled all the oil and gas jobs, the pipeline jobs, all the welding work on the wall to protect our southern border.
2: Wow, Mike, that's too bad. Too bad you're a white fella like me. Otherwise, you could get in on all sorts of government programs and handouts and giveaways, you know, things that others get away with. Hey, by the way, how many kids do you have?
3: I only have
2: one. Too damn bad, Mike. You need to get your old lady to spit out a few more, like six or seven. The way it works in non-white privileged land is the more kids you have, the more government benefits you can take. More food stamp money, more COVID relief money, more WIC, more social security money, free and reduced housing grants, utility assistance, health care, and a whole lot more. Really? Yep, but you see, you're a hard working tax paying white guy like me so you just have to do what John Kerry said. Now that you got laid off in the oil field, you can just simply run out tomorrow and get a job building electrical charging stations or batteries for electric cars instantly, like that, automatically, you're gonna magically have the skills and the knowledge to change careers automatically because the Democrats need skilled folks like you to implement their programs so that others on welfare can continue to stay home and not work.
3: Gee, Bob, sounds like my white privilege is gonna make me continue to work for
2: those who refuse to. That's right. That's your white privilege, hard at work.
0: That's going to wrap up this morning's Hump Day edition of the Truth Hurts program for February 3rd. In life, when all is said and done, usually much more is said than is ever done. So go out there today and do something, but do something positive. Make a difference. Call your mom today if she's still around and say, hey, mom, just wanted to call and say hi and I love you. That will make mom's day. And if you see someone selling flowers on the side of the road, a poor elderly woman in her 80s, and you know that's her only means of buying herself a can of soup, go buy some of those flowers. Turn around and hand them back to the woman and tell her what a lovely person she is. Go will make her day and you'll feel better about yourself. No, I'm not going soft on you folks. For compassion and caring and sharing and giving Yes, even in evil conservatism, there are some good people out here. Now go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the 1st Amendment to the US Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced at Studio 63. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. We'll see you next time.